This is Mission.org. When you call some business, press one for this, two for that. But really, there's more advanced options that are now available as AI is coming in to more businesses, democratizing in some ways. In a world of saturated online channels, marketing professionals have their work cut out for them. Welcome back to Marketing Trends. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron. Today, Grant Duncan of Vox Implant, a versatile cloud platform that enables businesses to bring their interactions to the next level, is here to talk about how IVR is helpful for growing and scaling a business, why you should prioritize communication over infrastructure, and why international expansion is not as impossible as it sometimes sounds. Let's get into it. Your content is at the heart of what you do. It connects your company to others, teaches them, guides them, and inspires them. But creating, managing, and editing content at scale is often very chaotic and difficult. Empower your content teams with Brightspot Content Management System, made specifically for marketers and corporate communications leaders. No more waiting for a developer to have to piece things together. Put the power to create and deliver powerful yet complex digital experiences into the hands of your marketers with a comprehensive suite of ready-to-use tools and functionality. Bring a bright spot to your tech stack, your customers, your team, with the Brightspot content management system. Visit brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to learn more. For those of you who are with us for the first time, thank you uh, for our longtime listeners, and we always appreciate you. This podcast is actually brought to you by Salesforce. So when you think of marketing and engagement together, think salesforce.com. And if you want to learn more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Uh, we've got Grant Duncan, head of marketing at Vox Implant. First question, Grant. All right. This is an important one. Texting or talking? Definitely talking. You get a much better connection. Okay. All right. Um, what do you love and appreciate about yourself? Hmm. I'd say my curiosity to want to keep learning more and new things. Man, that is my all-time favorite word. And when people give that answer, which by the way, isn't all the time, but it comes up sometimes as curiosity. I'm like, yes, that's also one of my superpowers. Uh. So I love that you that you brought that up. That's fantastic. Um, what is your uh, favorite day of the week? Saturday. You just have a full day to do any kind of adventure you want. Okay. What's your favorite city in the US besides the one that you live in? That is a hard one. There's like many that come to mind. Yeah. If I had to choose one right now, maybe Truckee near Tahoe. Oh, okay. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah, you got snow, lake, like lots of mountains and trails for mountain biking, et cetera. Okay. So you, Dustin, our producer, uh, talked about Lake Tahoe today and skiing there, and you just brought it up again. So mm. now I got to check out Lake Tahoe. All right. Um, what is your, your favorite holiday? I'd say Christmas. 
Okay. You share that with me and my partner. Nice. Um, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Speak every language. Uh, I feel like you could just build so many relationships with anyone across the world. Great answer. Um, please fill in the blank. What's something wise your elders taught you? Give people the benefit of the doubt. Would you choose invisibility or super strength? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> probably invisibility. Okay. Okay. And is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I was actually vegan for about five months okay. and then decided to go back to being mostly just plant-based, um, but meat occasionally. But maybe a more interesting question is, will lab-grown meat be okay for vegetarians and vegans to eat? Mm, that is a good question. Um, if you weren't in marketing, what would you be doing? Probably one of two things. Being an outdoor adventure guide, like leading rock climbing or mountain biking trips, mm, or doing job training and economic development work. Oh, okay. Those are two interesting ones. Um, what is your least favorite marketing buzzword? Resources. When people refer to people as resources, like, oh, we have three resources on this project. Mm. It feels kind of dehumanizing to me. Like, why not just say three people? That's, a, that's, really, uh, that's really good. Um, what would you go back and tell your younger self about being a marketing leader? Having empathy is super important. Helps you connect with people better. I love that spoken like a great marketing leader. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, I want to jump into something. I saw there was some talk, I think on YouTube, you were in a, a bit of a three-way dialogue there around AI and IVR. And so I just want to dive right into that and, and kind of, you know, hear the application there. Some of the things you're learning with AI and IVR. Um, this is a really exciting kind of topic for, I know a lot of people, and I'd love to hear kind of the things you're finding in your approach with, you know, infusing AI with, with IVR, with an old, old school, which needs some evolution, I'll say. Yeah, so I think IVR, for those who don't know, is interactive voice response. You could basically think of it as that phone tree that you call into um, when you call some business, press one for this, two for that. But really, there's more advanced options that are now available as AI is coming in to more businesses, kind of democratizing in some ways. And I think maybe the next tier up from like a press one for this, two for that, can be understanding certain words or phrases um, and then directing that person to something. You could kind of think of this as like a, a basic smart IVR or voice bot as they're sometimes called. And then what I consider the third tier is uh, really like an AI powered IVR again, also referred to as a voice bot or smart RVR or um, IVA. And this is where it can understand whole sentences and phrases and be able to help you, you know, route to the right person or even answer your question for you. And I think it's super valuable, especially when you have a company that has large volumes of customer interactions, because anything you can do to deflect calls to your agents is huge cost savings and it helps your agents actually do things that are more valuable. Mm -hmm. But we've all been in those situations where maybe it's a call or a chat or it's, sorry, I can't understand. So with really good AI, 
that becomes possible to avoid the sorry, I can't understand. We have demos where it's like you can order a whole pizza um, <laughs> just through a phone call with the AI powered IVR. So as I think about you, I think about Vox Implant, I think about, you know, a, a marketing leader in a company that is at a really interesting intersection, right? Where you're bringing technology and supporting, I think I saw something like 30,000 plus customers. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So massive customers that you're supporting. And you're, you're and like I said, this, there's a, this intersection of like creating a way better experience for certainly the, the consumer or the, you know, the client or the customer, but also the business and the brand. And how do you, you know, make that really easy for, for both sides. And so that's really interesting. Like as you're in this landscape, clearly, and you're supporting a lot of businesses, you've been a part of a big growth at, at this, at this particular business. Like, what are some of the things that like you're most excited about when it comes to the technology portion, the innovation around IVR, the things that you're seeing, you know, a lot of brands either want or doing now, what are some of these things you're noticing? Yeah, I'd say what's very interesting to me is how there's kind of two parallel trends going. One for developers and one more for no code, low code. So developers are getting more and more advanced options to build communication solutions so that, you know, everything is more AI infused so that there's less infrastructure they have to maintain. Latency is better. They can deliver a more global solution for a lower cost. And so that's really like one trend that I see happening on the developer side. And then the other side is uh, for non-developers uh, like CX people, seeing a lot more no-code and low-code solutions coming about. So that means that people like you and me could actually build a whole IVR or add a web chat into a website super easily. And so this makes it accessible to a lot more people, which from a business standpoint, uh, that means you need less kind of internal support functions because your business functions are able to actually do the work mm. themselves. And I'd say maybe one that kind of spans both is the amount of channels that people, that consumers want to connect with businesses on is expanding. And you know, so people want to connect via video. TurboTax offers tax consultants to do a one-way video call, as an example, or WhatsApp or SMS. And they want all of that to be integrated into one kind of record, which many companies use Salesforce for their support CRM system. Because, you know, if you call in, like you want to have them know that you chatted in a few minutes ago about this topic. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I think you mentioned this as well, or maybe I saw it on your LinkedIn as some, but Salesforce was also a part of the infrastructure there, right? Was that, you working with Salesforce at some level? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. As you think about, okay, what stage was the business in when you joined as, as marketing leader? I joined about 15 months ago. Right. And... The business was in a state of really starting to invest more in uh, go-to-market, sales and marketing in particular, to be able to take us to the next level. The company had started more bootstrapped, raised a bit of funding, then raised venture capital, and was really just starting to say, okay, 
let's let's turn on the boosters here and let's expand internationally more. Mm. Um, and so that was the point that that I entered in. And then, of course, you know, you also joined at a time when the world around us is changing, you know, and has gone through a really interesting evolution in the last couple of years. You know, so what what the changes kind of happening in the world when you joined and even now, what did that what was the correlation to just the customer experience? Was there a lot of change you had to bring in terms of the customer experience? You're expanding internationally. There's a lot of a lot of details there you can get into. But did you notice some big shifts having to happen to to connect with the, this customer in the way that because now the world is vastly different? Yeah, I think people were kind of oversaturated with just online content in normal forms. Like, here's another random webinar that I see in my feed. Like, mm -hmm. you know, people kind of got webinared out in some ways. Um, and obviously events, in-person events, weren't happening for a long time. And so I think people are looking for new ways to connect and learn. And companies were having an increased volume of uh, inquiries coming into them. And so the need for communication software really increased uh, through that. Mm. And from a marketing perspective, we tried to look at new ways to uh, connect with our audience. So using social more, um, starting a podcast and tailoring these types of things to the region that we were working with as well. Do you have kind of like ABM, like specific efforts? Yeah, we do. Can you talk about some of that at least a high level, your approach to ABM there? Sure, yeah. So I think it's because Vox Implant offers both a self-service option, like you can get started, it's usage-based, so you pay for only what you use. But of course, then you have the sales-assisted, bigger mid-market enterprise deals where they want to talk to sales, you want to talk to them. And that's where I think we have ABM coming in more. And uh, I think the most important part for us before starting an ABM campaign is really understanding the use case or solution, the target ICP we're going after, mm -hmm. the industries, uh, if there's more than one, and then the region related to that. Mm. So essentially mapping those out, like let's say in a spreadsheet, getting agreement with sales is a really foundational perspective. Mm -hmm. And then you can find target accounts that relate to those, um, that that use case. Um, you can find people that you want to specifically target. Mm -hmm. And we've actually done a mix of like specific companies or industry-specific ABM. Okay. And then we've also done a bit of what I'd say maybe more like solution-based ABM, hmm. which it's a little bit different because um, instead of just targeting one industry, you maybe target like two or three industries. So mm. you still have kind of an account list, but the account list maybe spans industries because the, they fit this one solution, mm. which it gives you a larger um, market to go after with the campaign. Mm. You know, it seems like this, you know, be the B2B buyer is this really kind of elusive, you know, where it seems like now, at least in our world, it feels like it's not really just targeting this one buyer. It's actually made by a group of people. And and typically we're, you know, we're grant, we're working with companies that are, you know, a billion or more in revenue a year. And so there's these kind of a lot of older, 
you know, brands or larger enterprise brands where a very small percentage of them like are actively actually looking to buy what we offer, right? Like maybe less than 10%. Sure. Are you finding that as well on your side? Yeah, we definitely try to blend what I'd call like intercepting demand and creating demand. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. for people that are actively searching, try to throw Vox Implant into the mix (laughs) so that they're considering these couple others and now they're considering us. Mm -hmm. But as as you say, we're definitely finding that many are not actively looking now, but right. hopefully through education and thought leadership, they'll consider us when they do that in the future. Mm. What do you do to, you know, modern day, you know, as a modern day marketing leader, how are you thinking about aligning with sales? You know, sales and marketing, kind of an age old, you know, topic of, you know, oh, they don't understand each other. And I've been on both sides, working on both sides as well. So I get it. But I find it interesting hearing from marketing leaders today in 2022 of like, how do you approach sales and marketing alignment? I'd love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah. So when I started at Vox Implant, marketing was primarily gold and evaluated on the number of leads it could produce. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I did was to switch that to focusing more on sales accepted opportunities and pipeline value, Mm. because that way then we don't have marketing saying, hey, I hit my goals. I got all these leads and sales going, they're all crap. I don't care. Right, right. <laughs> you have it uh, a shared goal there. Of course, sales is also looking at closing that pipeline. Sure. But it's it's much more of an overlap there. Hmm. And so making that kind of cultural and reporting shift was an important upfront thing I did to try to align sales and marketing more. Hmm. Um on an ongoing basis, you know, we have um, different sync meetings to be able to, to talk and discuss things. We have like reports and Power BI dashboards set up that can kind of show us how things are tracking. But I'd also say it's also just a lot of kind of ad hoc collaboration. Like, hey, okay. we're thinking of doing this thing. Um, can, we, can we work on this or collaborate on it together? And I think that makes it a little bit more of like a informal nature mm-hmm. that helps it feel less like two separate teams and more like two people working together on something. Right. Do you strategize it with the head of, like head of sales? Like, do you create like, OK, we're going to create a plan together and do you align at that that high of a level? Yeah, we do try to do that. Yeah. And of course, you know, plans change throughout the year as well. So. When that happens, I think going back to the idea that we're on the same page, we have those same goals mm-hmm. is something I, I try to, you know, say. Um, what was, a, you know, something that, that happened for you at Vox Implant, you know, since you've started where, you know, I don't know if it was a plan you put in place, a campaign, something that, you know, you were a part of supporting the team on, but what was something that happened when you were just kind of like, you know, this moment of like, yeah, like this is a win. You know, you came in, helped them organize a lot of things, global expansion, a lot of big things there. What's something that like happened where you were like, boom, like this is, you know, the Michael Jordan, I made the shot. I'm sure you've had many of those, but what's something that sticks out? Uh, one that comes to mind was putting together this this competitor campaign. Um, we put together this holistic campaign, you know, 
videos, uh, landing pages, uh, different types of content, uh, targeting certain people that we wanted to one convert current users uh, from this competitor to us, as well as educate people who were familiar with them. Now that you know we're also an option, they should consider. Mm. And we saw great success with it overall. But I think the one that was like the real kicker, or like the you know yes moment, was when a partner shared the video that we had made to a client of theirs um that's kind of like a big top uh key account for us to to try to get into and because of that video the dark social moment of them sharing it now we got into a conversation with them wow and so uh it was just a great moment to feel like okay hard to track the quality or the impact of video sometimes and here is a big qualitative uh moment for that uh, I love that. That's great. Was there like an earlier campaign thinking about just you in terms of marketing now, just in general, like was it a brand or a campaign that kind of grabbed your attention in the early days of like Grant getting into marketing? When I was pretty young, I grew up in Southern California. Um, I grew up rooting for the Lakers and I was really fascinated by how they kind of marketed and branded the team as a whole mm. and even like, you know, off the court, um, what they did in having their players be uh, this great image and their uh, swag that you could buy and everything. They kind of really like built them into these great personas. Mm. And that was like pretty interesting and inspiring to me from like a, a big macro perspective. So you're, man, I don't know what the connection is with Limbless, but literally the gentleman we had on today, Vuk, who's, who leads marketing there, said very similar things to you. Huge Lakers fan. Loved, <laughs> loved, he loved their approach. He talked about how the Lakers, you know, he loved them as a brand and what they, what they did to connect with the individual fans. And that's kind of got him on the path. And then here you are. Do you know Vuk, by the way? I don't. Okay. I got to just connect you guys because I feel yeah, like, you, cool. I feel like you're, you'd already be best besties. A lot of the same similars. <laughs> That's funny, man. So we've got a couple minutes, Grant. We can get into anything else like you're really stoked to talk about. Sure. So I think one thing that might be interesting to talk about is to kind of dispel the the myth around how international marketing can be very challenging because I think it it's actually more possible than most people think. So if you look at most uh, US software companies today, most are either, except for like, you know, the Fortune 100, most are probably going to market in, in the US and maybe other English speaking markets like the UK, Australia, New Zealand. And maybe they use like a couple partners for like one or two other uh, countries or regions. And I think it's actually a lot more possible to go to market in multiple languages and multiple regions than people think. There are a few core things that I think are important to do to do this that can actually provide a lot of value. And when you think about more emerging markets like LATAM, there's a lot of untapped potential there because the competitive landscape looks a lot different. So having a marketer that speaks the local language, super important. 
um, translating content to that language is also very important. But if you're not ready to, let's say, translate everything, you could just start with landing pages, landing pages about your key products or solutions and use those in your demand gen efforts. So, um, you know, you, you have your marketer there that has the local expertise, you have some content that is translated there. And then if you get back to thinking about, okay, for this, uh, this region, what are the top use case ICP industries you want to go after? That's kind of the basics that you need because a good amount of companies will actually be willing to transact on US contracts, uh, even if they are based elsewhere. And in cases they're not, you can probably find some partners to help you do that. Wow. I think the one other thing uh, that can be helpful here is if you offer 24 seven support, then you're able to cover uh, those time zones as well. Mm. How did you find these marketers that are at a local level internationally to help, you know, support translating and, you know, helping with landing pages? Are you going to Upwork or something or? Yeah, it is a, it is more difficult to, to do that. But LinkedIn has actually been our best uh, option so far. And also Slack communities. There's, mm. um, you know, some channels that you can post in the hiring uh, channels in these Slack groups and then find some people through that. Wow. So where did you, where did you launch um, outside of the U.S. When you, when you joined? How many countries are you in now? Um, we're doing it more regionally. So we're okay. in North America, Latin America, EMEA, and CIS. Okay. Uh, within some of those, you know, we're focused more on certain countries than others. So we're not uh, that heavily invested in Africa right now. Okay. Or for instance, in LATAM, there's about uh, five or six countries that we focus on more than others. Okay. Just because of our product fit. Got it. And then how deep down the rabbit hole do you go in terms of localization and personalization at that local level? Um, so having the, the local marketer is definitely helpful because they, they can kind of say like, well, actually, it's better to talk about it this way. Mm. Maybe it's an idiom or certain translation features. Mm -hmm. But when we think about doing ABM campaigns, for instance, we do want to make it more personalized as well. Sure. I'd say also if uh, if let's say someone's listening and you know they're at a in a large marketing team and considering uh, wanting to test a new market, mm -hmm. you probably could go that Upwork route um, where you say, okay, I'm going to find someone through Upwork. Um, I'm going to translate, you know, five to twenty pieces of content, and let's let's invest X amount of demand gen spend into this. And then you can kind of see what we find is that the, the cost per lead, the cost per opportunity in some of these emerging markets are a lot lower than uh, let's say the US. So there's actually a lot of arbitrage that can be found. LATAM is our fastest growing market as an example. I love that, that's awesome. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic.
The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.